defender behind me. Defender behind me. Y'all been practicing. I won't fear. for joining us. I know some persons um, are probably working today and um, if you have the ability to listen as we um, continue to leverage the technology where we can broadcast this message to you and our prayer is that somehow a word, a thought will seep into your heart as the Lord brings his word unto us. Um, let us pray. As I begin, I want to make sure I am totally reliant upon the Lord um, to help us to deliver this word. Father, we thank you again for this blessed opportunity to share your word Lord, it is a responsibility of your servant to discern, to wait, to listen, to ponder, to question, and to understand with clarity what you're seeing at this time. So Lord, I pray that as your word go, goes out, it will be coming down as rain, as fresh manna, as fresh revelation to, to our hearts so that, Lord, we can know how to love you, how to walk confidently before you, how to give you worship, to give you adoration, and to give you praise. Because it is for this reason to be here to be a blessing unto others. For those who haven't yet known you, Lord, it is the blessing for us to be at a place to share your word and that you, through your spirit, will bring con conviction to that person and that that person's life will be changed for now and forever. So, Lord, thanks be unto God. In Jesus' name, amen. And um, I want to dedicate this message to some friends. Um, I got the, the option to share the link to as many persons as I know, as I could remember. Um, I want to remember Caesar who is studying right now. He's working and studying. Um, big up yourself, my brother. Uh, Miss Jennifer and Mr. Valentine. You know, you have the caregiver of that wonderful son, Mario, that we met. And for Ronaldo, who traveled back to Seattle, I hope you're settled in, sir. And I hope everything is okay. And for Will, that I met in the store, who was doing the Instacart, thank you for sharing that link. And Lee, 
We'll always, I will always remember your mother, sir, uh, Miss Lee. Um, she was such a blessing to me. Almost remind me of my grandmother, that strength, that determination to be self-sufficient. And I know you're still grieving, and we pray for you, that the Lord will heal you. And I know it's your mother, and you love her so much. And we pray that, you know, she came to receive the Lord and that you also will join with us. So the topic of my um, talk today, it's called, um, and you know, we're doing the prayer. We're doing prayer for the, this is the third week now. Um, the topic is called, The Lord Is. And then dot, dot, dot. So the idea that you are going to fill in the dots for me. Because the Lord is, and it says where the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. So all of this is coming from the blessed Psalm of David, Psalm 23, in which I'm going to read. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So we see the Psalm of David. And um, for those who are participating, I want you guys to also to, to be praying. Because I think this is going to be one of the, this is probably the, the most challenging talk that I will probably will ever do with God's grace. There is so much um, information that is packed in to those three words. The Lord is. Um, as we can remember, there's a situation where Moses and Aaron went up to talk to the Pharaoh. And, you know, they told him, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go and spend some time and worship. But we notice Pharaoh gave a response um, in which we at times probably um, would have given that response. In Exodus 5 verse 2, remember, the, the topic is the Lord is. And I want you to remember to listen for those words. The Lord is. 
and it might come in other form where but the Lord and is will always be present. Okay? All right, here it goes. Pharaoh said to them, Who is the Lord that I shall obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. So we know there was a time in our lives when we can, if we can remember, because sometimes we probably might be in the kingdom longer than when we were not in it. So there was a time that we probably didn't know the Lord. There was a time when we went and we did our own our own way, we did our own choosing, we get up, we did everything that we wanted to, and we probably didn't think about it. Now David is crying out to the Lord. And the first, the first um, sentence he says is, the Lord is my shepherd. So, as um, Pharaoh asked, who is the Lord? And um, I'm going to read through some other scriptures um, very quickly. So um, if you can follow this, please listen to me. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. Psalm 27, 1, 3, and 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid then it is funny that you know sometimes scripture actually links to another scripture so hear what verse says verse 4 says one thing I ask from the Lord this only will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Now, if we can remember what verse 6 says in Psalms 23, it says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and I know we all want to dwell in the house of the Lord we want to see his face that that was the if we can remember in the garden experience with Adam that close encounter that close relationship that they had they were talking face to face and because of how sin entered the world that relationship was torn but guess what it was restored through Jesus Christ he became the bridge between God and man 
And for those who are listening who you might be pondering your life and you're looking back on your accomplishments, on your failures, on things that you should have done or things that you didn't do, um, I want to urge you to make one decision that is to submit to God and to follow him. Um, you may not be in a place where you are attend church regularly or you not even know what is a church or what does a church do. But it's a, it's a simple acknowledge that God is, that he's here, and not also that he's here, that he's here to redeem us. Now, it's a simple exercise that you can do, um, and I can lead you through it. It's a simple prayer. You pray and say, Lord, forgive me. Please come into my heart and save me. And with that simple prayer, you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart, and guess what? You are now saved. And there is a transitioning, a growing up that has to take place. So as we think about praying and how we can channel our prayers, we have to first come to the conclusion of who God is. Um, there was a, I, I did a play on the words um, with the psalm, and I said, Lord, you know, please forgive me for even <laughs> most of the things that was coming out of my mouth, because it is a, a play on the words that will go against what the Lord says. So th this experience is as if somebody who um, haven't known the Lord yet, or sometimes somebody, sometimes you might know the Lord but haven't experienced um, this, this revelation. So this is how you will pray Psalms 23 if you don't know the Lord. You're going to say, the Lord is not my shepherd because I am always living in lack. I can't seem to be to pay my bills and I'm in debt and I have no money to save. I can't seem to lie down or rest. I'm always busy trying to find the next thing. And when I do, it always seems to dry up and bear no fruit. Because I choose my own way, because I don't have any help. It's me alone. And the waters you're talking about, it seems to flood out everything. And my soul always seems so tired. And I'm always restless. I'm even up at night and I can't sleep. I always seem to be making the wrong decisions. Mistakes after mistakes seems to be following me. And even when I have challenges in the darkest time, you are never there. 
I get so fearful, but I can't even see where is this help coming from. Because I don't know you, I can't trust you. It's almost like you're making my life harder and harder with each situation that comes. You seem to be in a place that as if you don't care, as if you don't want me to enjoy my life. You're always beating me and blocking me from doing things I want. You make my enemies prosper more than me and always seem to be in a better place than I. And plus, they are laughing at me. If your anointing is present, is present, I never sense it. The enemy seems to have a field day with me. Then I ask, where is your goodness? I can't see it. Where is your mercy? Because I always seem to get caught. And I see people using me from time to time. And I am without no help. So that is the way somebody who, who don't know the Lord would have prayed. Because until you have been in that experience where you have gotten help, you will remember. And the Lord is so gracious that if we have the capability to remember that he is always there. So remember, the word is, the Lord is. For the person who, is, who knows the Lord, but have issues, because guess what? The Lord promised us that in this life, we are going to have many trials. But that what is the comfort? He said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he said, I am the beginning and the end. And even this point, before you were even existed, he said, I knew you. I created you in your mother's womb. I knit you together and I formed you. And how pleasant you are to me. So, the Lord always wants to change the mindset of how we view him. We can say we haven't experienced certain things. Um, we, we can say we probably haven't experienced this supernatural wealth um, that he talks about. We probably might say that we haven't experienced this supernatural healing. We can say, Lord, where is the power? Where is the anointing? Where is the, the evidence of the things that we hope for? The things that we prayed about? But guess what? The Lord will say, he's here. 
And um, as I was searching and researching, I, I saw that David had that similar encounter with God. He had a lot of questions about his transitioning. Remember, at the time, David was anointed king, but he is not king yet because Saul was in the position of king. But there's a process that David had to go through. And sometimes for our benefit, when, when an illness comes upon us, when a struggle, when um, a financial lack, when a broken relationship, when unemployment, when doubts, when fears, when thinking of the future and in your mind you're not seeing how this is going to work out. The Lord says, I am there. All right, listen to the situation that David had and how he was able to go to the Lord. All right, this is from Psalms 27, verse 7 to 14. This is what David says. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful, be merciful to me and answer me. So when we think about prayer, we, we are thinking of the idea of God hearing our voice. We, we don't want to be in a place to be praying and we feel like the words go up in the ceiling and fall back down on us. So we, we want to engage the Lord. But guess what? Can we see the Lord? There are times when we don't even sense his presence. The Lord is always there. He's always near. So this is what David says again. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. And when, when you're thinking about somebody's face and you're thinking about you having a conversation with somebody, it is of proper etiquette that if you're talking to the person, you're facing the person, you're looking into their eyes to see their reaction. If, the, if you're talking to somebody and it seems that their, their eyes are averted or looking away, then we're going to feel like this person isn't interested in what I have to say. But look what the Lord says. He says his eyes are always on us, watching to and fro. So we see the Lord having that protective look upon us because he cares for us. All right, so David says again, do not hide your face from me. Um, I don't know if you remember when we um, growing up we were playing hide and seek. 
And um, in playing hide and seek, um, I don't know if it's hide and seek, we call it run and seek because all of us bottled up in the same hiding spot, <laughs> which was kind of funny when we're playing on the street. And we usually play hide and seek when the electricity um, went out. So it was pitch black. Um, and if the moon was out, then we have some light, but there were no street lights. So kind of picture with me, no street lights. Um, outside is dark. It was summer. And all the kids came out and say, yeah, the light is gone. Yeah, let's play hide and seek. All right. When we're playing hide and seek, it is your, your, the best advantage for you is to have the best hiding place. And normally, the person with the best hiding place, they are the ones to be the last one to, you know, to be um, um, found out or, you know, figured out or where you're hiding, you know. But for the rest of us, um, we couldn't find a place so quickly. And then we're hearing the person counting down 10, 9, 8, 7, you know. Ready or not, here I come. And most of the time, we weren't ready. <laughs> so because we weren't ready, we actually, all of us share the same hiding, hiding place. <laughs> so just imagine now the person coming, coming to say, yes, I see you, I see everybody, you know. But this is what we did that was kind of funny. We all covered our faces. <laughs> because in our minds we said, if I cover my face, he can probably make me out. You know, because if a bunch of us um, sitting in the same place, and then the guy said, okay, I see you. And we're like, everybody covered their face. And we said, no, you probably don't see me. <laughs> you know, So just imagine the Lord hiding his face from David. And can you imagine, because I know sometimes when we do something wrong, we think of the Lord hiding his face from us. And in, 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 in him hiding his face, that means he's not watching over us. Because I remember I had this experience with somebody uh, when we were at the park, me and my wife were at the park, and we were just um, playing some games and stuff. And this guy came up to us, and he was asking things about the Lord. And I was, wow, that was weird. Somebody came up, but anyway, we 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 got the opportunity to share about God's goodness, and we 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 noticed that he was. A person that was seeking the Lord based on his question. Um, he was of a, of a different religion. But he wanted to know the Lord. He was hungry to, to see something different. And he said he experienced um, some power or some supernatural transformation. When he called out to the Lord, the Lord answered him. But what was unique was... He had his son with him. And even when we we're in the conversation and his son was running up and down, his eyes will always follow where the son was. His eyes will, if the son went around, his eyes was, was always there, even though he was converse, conversing with me. And 
I got a small insight when I saw him did that. And I said to him, sir, I see you looking at your son every which corner that he runs. And I know that is the protective side of being a father. But guess what? Do you know that our Heavenly Father is doing the same thing with us? And when I said that, it, it was almost as if that sentence connected with him. Because he said, yes, that makes sense. That makes sense that he will be watching out for, for us, his children. So it is that um, we have to remember that God is watching us and his eyes. So for, for David to say, do not hide your face from me. Um, he was thinking something that I did wrong or the Lord is displeased with me. There are times in our lives when we, we, we disobey the Lord. And even if we think about natural things, when we disobey our parents, we know there, that there's a punishment coming because we didn't do what our parents asked us to do. And David said again, do not hide your face from me. I'm at verse 9, Psalm 27, verse 9. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. And then this is what David said. Very profound also. He said, because you have been my helper. At a point, David mentioned that I have no help but the Lord. And if we can really think back, there are times when we are in situations where everybody that we try to call upon for help, they are e either busy with their own situation or they are not there to make contact, then it comes to a place that, Lord, I need you. But what is so awesome is that the Lord is always there. And when we're thinking about prayer, we want to make sure that we check with him first. I, I know sometimes we want to check with other persons and get their feedback. But who knows more than the person? I would say the Lord would probably know more than the person. So why waste time in a sense of checking with somebody who probably still have the same limited access as we. But because the Lord has given us his Holy Spirit that is inside of us and for those who are yet to accept the Lord, that is a bonus. Um, that Holy Spirit that people refers to is God inside of us. The the hopelessness and the void that we feel, that space in our hearts is for God alone. How we can know it is true? Um, this guy went to a country that was very impoverished. And uh, his experience was these persons have little or nothing but they were the happiest persons that he ever engaged because 
they have life. They were celebrating life with the little that they have. They would put their food together and they would share it with one another. And they will bring a sense of a community that no one feels alone. And when we think about being in this state and this country, the, the sense of hopelessness is so real that people come home, they go into their own space and they're staying there and there's barely any interaction. But um, we can understand if somebody wants to take a sabbatical and be alone, which, which is also recommended. But when it becomes a way that we don't even know our neighbors and um, we are living in a place for more than a year or a couple of months, it's, it's not good. So uh, uh, let me continue. David said, you have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my savior. And we always see this one. This one was even mentioned today in the time of prayer. It says, though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. So guess what? We have no excuse. This is a no excuse theology that we are, we are, we are declaring. There is no excuse that we can bring to the Lord and it becomes of any merit. But David understand the Lord and he has a relationship with him and before he was king he, he asked this thing that even something that we are always to ask. He says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foe. For false witnesses will rise up against me, spout, spouting malicious accusation. But then he says this again. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. So we realize that the Lord is always there and David was, he's even beckoning to us to wait um, but we want to say, how do we wait? And then we, we can remember in Matthew 6, when um, the disciples were gathered around and they, they wanted to, to understand how Jesus is getting all of this power. Just imagine Jesus being with them. And I know sometimes we might think in our heart, wow. It would be nice if we could be with Jesus at that time. But guess what? He said it is better for him to leave so that he can bring the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit that is in us at all times. Because remember, Jesus being in that physical form, he was limited to whoever is speaking to him at the time. And 
persons had to wait for him to come to a town to, to see all the miraculous act. And people were, were following him all over because they know that this, this man, this man Jesus, is giving comfort to the people. So then the disciples, they have a, a small idea. They said, wow, we were seeing Jesus going, we've seen, seen him healing. And I know as their rabbi, they want to please him. Because th that is the idea, you know. Um, we want to please the Lord. We want to hear those words. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. We want to hear those words. We want to, it is an innate thing in our heart to please the Lord. We, we want to know that our way is pleasing, that he's pleased with me. So this is what um, the guys ask him. They say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I can, I can see the Lord, um, Jesus smiling. He said, wow, that's, you know, there, there are moments when he will, you know, I can even see him smiling. I said, wow, that's, that's nice that you guys ask of this, you know. And this is what the Lord says. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And you know that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Hallowed be your name. Oh, your name is so wonderful. Your name means everything to us. Your kingdom come. You notice when Jesus stepped into the, a city, he says that the kingdom of God is here. When his presence is here, that is his kingdom. The way a king rules with righteousness and goodness. Your will be done. And even Jesus was submitting to the Father when he says, Not my will, but your will be done. In both places, he says, on earth as it is in heaven. So we see there's a duality of things happening in earth as it is done in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And as we, we can remember, the idea of his daily provision. And we're so thankful for his provision. And um, for those who are questioning provision and things not being provided for, if we could take a step back and look at the things that we got, that we received without even much effort, that's his provision. And it is for us not to look on the other person's provision if the, that provision seems to be bigger. It is for us to, to be contented in what we have and what the Lord has given us to manage. Because it says, too much is given, much is expected. So the person who, who is getting a larger provision they have to be careful to manage it and they are accountable to the Lord to how they use that provision in what the Lord gave them. 
forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, this deliver us from evil, we realize that the enemy's plan and purpose is to come between the relationship that we have with the Lord. His plan is to let us think that the Lord is not good. His plan is to say, you see, the Lord forgiven, for, forgot about you. Look how long you're serving him. Look how you're doing um, everything that you know to do right, but yet still it's not coming through. You see, the Lord don't love you. The Lord hates you. That, that's his thing. His thing is, and guess what? He will never change. The same way how he came to attack Jesus is the same way that he'll come and to attack us because guess what? In essence, he's seen Jesus in us, which means he once was in the presence of God in that, in that fashion. He once had that presence. But not saying that he doesn't have power, but not all power because he can't create anything. He's only there to pervert what we have. And he wants to tell us, the enemy that is, that the Lord isn't good. He wants to tell us that the Lord has forgotten about us. He wants to, to make us feel that, why pray? You don't see nothing that's going to happen. God is going to do what he's supposed to do. Why pray? Why, why seek him? But the Lord wants to tell us that because our relationship with him is growing, the Lord said, this is how he responds to faith. He said, first, believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So when, when we think about diligence, diligence, diligence is not something that we do once in a while or once every month or once when we're under pressure because you notice when somebody's under pressure somehow they're seeking the Lord more than they normally would but the idea is to be consistent excuse me in how how and when we seek him that it must be a, a lifestyle that we are practicing because if we think about our daily duties and the duties of the priests, it was ongoing. They were always offering sacrifices. They're always going in, in before the presence of the Lord. They're always in conversation with him. And, and David was a man like that. He said, he's a man after God's own heart. God's own heart. He's a man like us that failed, made mistakes, but he was quick to adjust. We can remember when the prophet came to him and he had committed this sin and the prophet came to him and said, hey, this is you. You are the one that did this and the Lord sent me to, to tell you about it. David's response was, Lord, have mercy upon me. And he said, do not let your Holy Spirit 
depart from me. So, so it is that we have to remember to be consistent. We have to remember to, to do this thing, to seek him. And as we, as we shared, we can start by 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but it's the idea of being consistent. I remember that there was, um, I think there was a, a news article about somebody who lost a whole heap of weight just by walking around in their house or in their apartment. They did it consistently. And over time, they were able to lose a um, couple of hundred pounds, the article said. But it's the idea of being consistent. Even when we're coming to prepare and we're coming to, to hear from the Lord, we, we have to be consistent. And then, then he says, For if you forgive others when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. And um, we, we see that forgiveness is something that we have to make sure that we, we keep current when we um, want to check with the Lord. Um, there, there's the, in the gospel, it is mentioned that whenever you stand praying and the person who, who, who was out against you, it said you have to leave your offering at the altar, run, go back to the person, make that thing clear, then come back, and offer it because if you don't the Lord said he will not receive it it is so profound that the Lord still responds to our human our human contact that we have with each other how we relate how we we um, treat and how we develop the relationship one to another and he says because we love each other so much that the world will look upon it and say, wow, those guys are really loving toward each other. And as I'm getting ready to close with God's grace, um, we want to go back to say who the Lord is. Um, there was this guy that we know, Paul, who um, had an experience where he thought he was doing the Lord's will. He went with so much fa um, favor and so much enthusiasm to, to get rid of the, the Christian because in somehow he said they're, they're weak, they're not doing the thing. You know, he, he had a lot of things against them. And he said, you know what, I need to get rid of them. And it, it's the same um, Paul that was there in the stoning of Stephen. As we remember Stephen, who, who said, and even as we think about forgiveness, he said, Lord, forgive them because they knew not what they do. And it is also mentioned in the scripture that the Lord stood when he heard, heard those words. And we, we see the Lord being seated at the right hand of the Father, always making intercession for us. But at that situation, when Stephen prayed, Lord, forgive them, 
for they knew not what they, they were doing or they did in, in, in stoning him. The Lord stood. The Lord stand, stood and witnessed this man coming into a place of intercession even at a time when being stoned. And it is so powerful that even Paul witnessed that. And it is the same Paul that the Lord stopped on the road to Damascus. He said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? So we realize that the Lord make, made an introduction into Paul's life. That was the beginning of his, his supernatural ministry from there. Where the Lord introduced, the Lord said, hey, this is somebody that I can use. And I know sometimes we might think that we are useless to God. Or we might think that, hey, we can't speak like some of these speakers. Or we can't sing or we don't have a voice, or we can't pray. But I believe with the opportunity that we get, that we can stand and be a testimony of his goodness. Because I'm a witness to say that, given this opportunity where I have to prepare messages and, and to pray and to seek the Lord and to understand what is the Lord saying it is a challenge but it's, it's a blessing where the skills are being developed and um, I want to encourage those who think that they have no skill set or they think that they don't have any any anointing or any power. Let me tell you something. The Lord will use anything. It is for us to say yes. As we remember the song that played before. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes, my soul says yes. And for those who who are contemplating are I want to be bold as says those who are even thinking about ending their life because they feel like they can't go on they feel as if there's nothing to live for they feel like everybody's against them they feel like what what the sense I am stuck in this dead-end job I can't pay my bills. I only can make the, the, the basic payments. Where is my future? Where is my hope? I want to encourage you to hope in God. To trust and believe. And we, we have the, the opportunity to pray for you too. To, to pray that the Lord will reveal himself to you. Because until the Lord, until the Lord reveal himself to you, 
we are just going back and forth, not knowing what to do. But when the Lord revealed himself to you, as we can see in examples of everybody, in Moses, Abraham, Joseph, they, they, that is the Lord revealing himself to, to, it says, regular men. Regular men and women like ourselves. But then, when the Lord revealed himself to, to, to us, we have to acknowledge him. And we say, yes, even, even as I think about Samuel being a young boy, the Lord calling him at that age. And Eli said to him, this is what I wanted to say. Say, yes, your servant is here. And that begins the conversation. And for those who are struggling, in, struggling with their salvation walk or with doing the the regime, you're, you're coming to church, you're doing everything that you know to do, but it's like you're going through a cycle, you're not feeling, you're not feeling that the Lord is there, you're, you're feeling like he's far away. I want to tell you that he didn't move. If we can look back, it's probably you gently doing your own thing, making one decision after another, that cause you to drift. And the enemy wants to encourage you to drift. He doesn't want you to be, to be close to the Lord. So we know that this is also a struggle. This is not something that we're going to say it's going to be easy. This, this walk of faith is a walk to, to test what you have learned. You see, if, if you're in a classroom setting, you have to be tested to see what you know. And then in the test it can reveal to yourself. That guess what? I don't think I know the Lord that I, like I thought I did. When everything is running nice and smooth. There is no. You're not in an urgency to seek him. But once everything get discombobulated and oh, shifted up. You're like I need to get my bearing. So. We have to go back and seek the Lord. And um, as I'm closing, I'm going to read again that, that psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because you know what? He's going to provide for my needs. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes the Lord has to put us down from this busy up and down. He has to take us away from the thing that we are used to. To give us a different perspective. Then he will lead us beside the still waters. The waters is running. It's still, you know, still water means the idea of depth. He wants to take us out to a place to have a deep conversation with the Lord. He wants us to, to come to, to know that deep call unto deep. He, he wants to mature us. And this is for the believer who not seen any growth. Our challenge is to, to step up 
to step up the game, uh, as we could say, if you're in a, even if we think about the, um, a basketball game and we, we think about the pressure coming up on you from the opposing team. Because the enemy is not going to let you sit back and have this wonderful experience with the Lord. He's going to fight you at every opportunity and at every chance. But because the Lord is there, then he says in verse 3, He restoreth my soul. He is the Lord of restoration. He can re re restore, re-engage, revigorate, re regenerate, sorry, any situation, any relationship, any job situation. But we have to make sure that we are looking to his leadership. So, there was a situation that somebody says, even if the door is open and persons calling you to come in, we must say, Lord, is that you calling me? Because it says, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of another I will not follow. But guess what? If the door is burglar barred and locked and the Lord says, go, go in, as when we think about Joshua, when they came back and said, the, the city is walled and the walls are so big. But the Lord said, no, I have given you that city. Then we are supposed to push in and go in because the Lord said, he has given us that city. Then he lead us in the path of righteousness. All right. Righteousness is doing what is right, doing what God says is right. He has given us his word, which is written, and all we have to do is follow it. There was this guy that says, um, he had a scenario and he said, boy, I, I don't know how to make right decisions, you know, but you know what I'm going to do? I see that guy making right decisions. I'm going to make the same decisions that he make because my outcome will be different. It is insanity for us to do the same thing and expect a different result. So I was talking to a co-worker and um, she's single and she was talking about the idea of meeting a partner and stuff. And um, so I said, what do you do? Um, I just go to the gym and I go home. I said, probably you have to change your rotation in where you're going because you're limiting yourself to going to certain places and expect the Lord to show up some, some big miraculous. Yes, that will happen, but that's not the norm. You have to be out. You have to meet people. You have to be friendly. It's like you never know, but you're at least in a place not limiting yourself to going home and going to the gym and going home and go and don't engage with no other activity. And she said, Wow, Kirk, um, thank you for that. I said, No, sister, um, um, be blessed. You know, just don't be always looking that way, but at least you're, be, you're open to if you meet somebody. And if you don't, you still have to be in a place to say, God, thank you 
for the situation I'm in. All right. Then he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I know sometimes when the situation comes upon us, we feel like we're going to die. Or sometimes we, we want to say, Lord, take us now because the pain is too much. The pain is excruciating. And um, my wife was going through some pains earlier, a couple of weeks. And um, you could see the pain in her eyes. And the doctor said, hey, you, what do you want to do about it? She said, no, no, take it out now because the pain. You see, sometimes when pain comes upon us, the pain wants to tell us that you are alive. But it's not unto death. Because we are going to experience pain in some way or another. The pain will come. But guess what? We have to understand that the Lord is there. And everybody is going to grieve at their own pace. And all we have to do is to comfort them. But guess what? He said he already said the comforter. The precious Holy Spirit is there to comfort those who mourn. And all we have to do is to come aside and mourn with them. Then he says, I will fear no evil. Fear is such a strong thing that if we're not, care if we're not careful, the fear will stop us from the success. The Lord might tell you to start a business or to start a venture. But soon as it comes across your mind, the fear comes in. Oh, where are you going to get the money? Where are you going to get this? Where are you going to... You can do that. You're not the skill. You don't have the education. You don't have the background. You don't know anybody. You don't have the contacts. You don't have the network. That's how the fear will step in. And even when you, you go to the part and even start the business, then the fear will come and say, you see, you start the business. Um, you don't have any customers. Where are you going to get the money? Where are you get investors? Where are you get um, clients? Where, all of that, the fear wants to bombard us. But this is what the Lord always says. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So we always know about the rod and correction and the idea of the Lord not abusing his rod. But the Lord says he will discipline those he love. And if we choose to walk outside of his will, because we are his, he's going to discipline and bring us back. He's going to cause us to come and know that we are his children. He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I will notice if we have enemies at any point. Um, the Lord said that we, we're supposed to live at peace with all men. But he's going to establish us in the presence. He said if we live, live at peace with God, he's gonna have, we're going to have peace with all men. But then he said, though you have anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So the anointing, the blessing will run over to bless others. The anointing start from the head, run down to the toe. The presence of the Lord will be so strong upon us that we'll be able to influence and bless others for the kingdom. Because we are not here for ourselves. 
once we have tasted and seen the goodness of God, it is for us to share with others as we, we remember when we did the salt and the light series. Then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me when? All the days of my life. And guess, guess, guess who we're going to be now? He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we think about the house of the Lord, we think about the, the, the presence of God. How awesome it is to have the presence of God here on earth. The presence of God in your, in your bedroom. The presence of God in your living room. The presence of God when you're going to work. The presence of God when you're walking. We are constantly practicing his presence. Because where God is, all is well. Thank you so much. And we pray that this is a blessing. And we pray that your heart will be challenged and touched as it has challenged ours. As we continue to pursue God in prayer and in righteousness. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Kirk, for your words of telling us who God is, who the Lord is. And I'm just, I'm just liking in terms of what you said in, in Exodus 5, Pharaoh said, ask, who is this Lord? Or who is the Lord? But David answered for us in the psalm by telling us in Psalm 23, as you shared with us, that the Lord is our shepherd. He's our restorer. And then you said to us in Psalm 28, 7, you said, the Lord is my strength, he's my shield. In Psalm 27, 1, you said, he's my light and salvation, the stronghold of my life. Then in Psalms 27, 9, you said, the Lord is my helper, he's my savior. And then you remind us in Hebrew 11, Hebrews 11, verse 6, that the Lord is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, Father, we thank you for your manservant. We thank you for the reminder that comes this morning to remind us, God, of who you are. So when we are doubting, when we are in pain, when we are discouraged and, 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 and have any level of discomfort, we can be assured this morning that even if we have not experienced you in the ways that we need you, your word promises. Men of whole rights about who you are. You are our healer. You are our restorer. You are our guide. Our shepherd. You are our stronghold. You are our fortress. You are the one who rewards us when we diligently seek you. And so, Father, I thank you for your servant this morning. I thank you that even as you spoke to him, Lord, it, 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 it causes hope. As you spoke through him, Father God, it reminds us of who you are. And even if we forget, Lord, we are reminded this morning that we can trust you because you are all of that and more. And so, Father, I just bless him, and I pray that even as he has shared this morning, that you will fill him up again, God, with another word, another word to be used to encourage, another word to use, Father God, 
for those who are, who, who, who are aware of that they too will return. Another word for those who have yet to say yes to you, the shepherd. The good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. Oh, I pray this morning, God, that for those who listen, that a change will be made. For those who heard the word this morning, that they will say yes to you this morning. Lord, I desire for you to be my shepherd. I desire for you to be my restorer. I desire for you to be my fortress and my stronghold. I desire for you to be my rewarder. I desire for you to be my healer and my comforter. I desire, Father God, for you to be my strength because I am weak. And above all, God, I desire for you, for you to be my salvation, my savior, and my king. And so, Father, I thank you this morning for your word that came through your son. I thank you, Father God, that you're constantly reminding us of who you are. And so, Father, be glorified today. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. Be glorified as we go. Be glorified this week in our lives that we will remember that in the different situations that we will face this week, that we remember that our Lord is. Our Lord is. And we can fill in the blanks based off what our brother spoke this morning. We can fill in, God, that you are. So when we are in need this week, we can remember that you are already what we need. You are already who we need. And so, Father, we just bless you. So I pray today that out of it, the glorious riches of the Lord, that we, we may be strengthened with the power through his spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray again that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so as you go today, go knowing that our Lord is. Or we can be contacted at newhorizonmin at gmail.com. And our telephone number is 469-333-0300. Nine, seven. So go ahead and call us. We are making ourselves available to pray with you in the week because we want to remind you that in the midst of pain, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of sorrow, God is our strength and our healer. So go with the strength of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Before me, he goes before me, defender behind me, defender behind me. Y'all been practicing. I won't fear, I won't fear. I'm filled with anointing, 
Jesus right there.
One more time. 